Welcome to the Neuropedic Sports Rehab Podcast. I'm your host, Ramez Antoon, but please call me Mez. I'm a physical therapist and a strength coach. And in this show, we talk about the continuum of clinical practice to getting back to training in the gym. We focus on sustainable performance and longevity. I'd like to thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy our show. Before we start, if you're a sports PT interested in a virtual mentorship, make sure you stick around for after the episode. We have more details about our 12-week mentorship program that we've been getting awesome feedback from our students. Also, if you like to consume content by reading, we drop a weekly newsletter every Friday morning with free sports rehab and fitness content. So if you're interested, make sure you check out the episode description where we have a link to sign up for our weekly newsletter. All right, without further delay, let's get into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you again so much for joining in on another episode of the Neuropedic Sports Rehab Podcast. In this episode today, we got a clip from a conversation with me and one of our students, Mike, from our virtual mentorship. He got to pick my brain a little bit about the episode I did about why should we order an MRI. I believe it was episode 10. One of the things that I like doing in the mentorship is opening up the first 10, 15 minutes for any questions that students have about the content that we're dissecting and diving deep in or any cases that they have. So this was a really awesome conversation and Mike got to get a little bit more context behind the whole uh, clinical case that I talked about in episode 10. So if you haven't watched that episode yet, I would highly recommend listening to that first before you listen to this one, just so you can get the the whole picture. This was one of the things that really drove me nuts in the earlier parts of my career. And these decisions are not are still not easy to make. You know, when when do you make that decision to order an MRI? So if anybody wants to reach out, ask me more questions, uh, particularly about this episode and the uh, previous episode, I would love to have a conversation. All right, without further ado, here's today's episode. MRI discussion. What do you got for me, my man? Yeah, so and first of all, I really enjoyed the podcast. So uh, I'm enjoying the podcast. Um, and I was just, uh, my only question for you was you so you talked about the case you had with the guy who you know, had basically a little bit of some increased laxity in one shoulder, but overall, you know, had full range and, and good control and things like that. And was still having some pain um, and, you know, had the MRI and then it showed it was normal and you guys kept working. So I was curious on your decision making in terms of why, if, if uh, so you, let me see if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly. Were you still seeing him uh, while he was waiting to have the MRI and where while you were planning on doing that? Um, I was not seeing him in person, but I was consulting with him about his training program, what exercises to avoid. So we basically had him focusing, continuing on deadlifting, uh, pulling, and we just eliminated any vertical, any vertical pressing um, or end range, um, like pull-ups or anything like that. Yeah. So horizontal and vertical push-pull. But I didn't necessarily see him uh, in the clinic. So I wasn't really like treating him. In addition, I, we identified like a left T spine rotation asymmetry. 
So I had him continuously working on his T-spine mobility throughout that process. And he's a martial artist. He's a Wing Chun black belt in martial arts. So he's, he's, he's doing a lot of good rehab things for his shoulder just by means of his, of his movement practice. Gotcha. And um, was, so, was he, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, so I didn't, I didn't necessarily have to give him much, um, uh, supplementary exercises like cuff because he he went through the process of doing cuff drills and everything like that already by the time I was okay. looking at him. The only real thing I added was T-spine mobility drills and then um, some closed chain uh, static work with bird dog holds, 10 second mm-hmm. holds, basically gotcha. the McGill, McGill approach with for static stabilization for the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And was he was he open to, like for <laughs> example, if there was dysfunction, was he open to injection or something like that if that was the case or was he more just wanted to figure out what was going on he wanted to figure out what was going on so he was he was like listen my dad so his dad is my master tai chi coach gotcha so he was like listen my dad keeps telling me everything's fine like we just need to focus on function and moving and not worry so much about it right that was the mindset because his dad helped him rehab out of it with your traditional approach to isolated work and then doing some tai chi and kung fu stuff so we got to the point where activities of daily living were not painful anymore Mm -hmm. right he got back to pain-free but he was like man every time i like reach back i get this intermittent weird pain sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't sometimes it happens in the middle of the night sometimes it doesn't Mm -hmm. i typically wake up in pain um when i do any any type of exaggerated strength work uh at end ranges like um like really pulling with a, with a row or something like that or any position where he's in martial arts, where he's here blocking up here. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just, I was thinking to myself, okay, that's yeah. certain positions of special test. So long story short, it was this weird thing that he was complaining about only in certain positions and only in certain times. Mm-hmm. So he was like 80% there in terms of restoring full function. So his concern coming in was, I'm still concerned that there might have been something that got hurt like back three years ago. And like no one has, no one had acknowledged the structural stuff prior. Mm -hmm. Like he saw a physician. I I mean, this is something that I struggle with and I'm not sure if you've had the same experience, but like for someone like that, that's a great example of, of, of someone where like I'm still on the fence about an MRI in a case like that because my my thing is like my my intent with an MRI was going to be that you, there's something that needs to be done with it uh, if there is some internal problem. So for example, if this is a, this is a patient who doesn't want to go through an injection or doesn't want a surgery, then I struggle with saying get an MRI because usually the MRI you know you can rule things in or out for sure, but it, you know regardless of if there's a structural problem or not, if they don't want intervention, then what's really the point? Um, versus. Oh, let me know, answer that question. Let me yeah, answer your question. Please. The point for me, the point is appreciating both structure and function. Yeah. And, and the, long, and the long-term and the long-term health of this individual, he's young and he wants to do like exaggerated um, activities. Right. And he's, he wants to work at a high level. And so, in conjunction with the objective findings because he had a lot of mobility or range of motion but he didn't have a lot of control there was Mm -hmm. a huge discrepancy between active and passive Mm -hmm. and in conjunction with that there was 
a cluster of tests that were positive for a slap tear. Sure. So I think the important message here is in terms of making your decisions is number one, there was, there was trauma in the spike posi- overhead position with a high force and high velocity. Number two, this person has already went through conservative management to get back to activities of daily living, still has failed to get back 100% to uh, performance drills. Mm-hmm. Number three is the cluster of findings in the objective testing. And four for me was the amount of discrepancy between active and passive range and how much laxity there was there. And so to me, it was the combination of all of those that made me want to know if there was a slap tear. And then let's, let's, let's play this out. If he did show positive findings on the MRI, sure. he didn't show, he showed negative findings. And I was like, all right, cool. We still want to go in this direction. If he had shown positive findings on the MRI, we had a very clear discussion going into this was, listen, just because you might have a tear right. doesn't mean that we can't restore function. Right. Because I have another story of a patient of mine who was my professor who's done CrossFit, who was about to go to surgery, who had a positive uh, slap or labral involvement on the MRI, but the surgeon told her he wouldn't be able to tell how severe it was until he got in there. Right. And she was like, after the night, go under the knife. So I ended up rehabbing her completely back to normal uh, and full strength, full range of motion, back to powerlifting and everything. So what I told him was, listen, just because this is positive, there's a lot of things that we can do in terms of addressing function that may make the structural, the structure negligible. Right. However, you know, so for however, what I told him was like, I want to just at least know if there is structural involvement as we're going through the functional approach so that if the functional approach by like three months is still not getting where we need to be, then we have to consider a different, uh, a more aggressive intervention. And so I, what I don't think I laid down in the podcast was the, the entire narrative and the entire process I laid out for him, almost like in a flow chart. Like if the MRI is positive, it's not, we're not just going to jump to surgery. No, There's no. All these, these, all these things that we want to clean up, if you will, and then see how that affects you in eight weeks, for example. Right. And if the, if, if the MRI is negative, I made, I made sure he knew like, this doesn't mean you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's all these findings here that we have where your, your upper back isn't moving well. There's a huge discrepancy between active and passive range of motion in your shoulder. There's a lot of things for us to work on. Um, so I think that the message here is like laying out the whole picture for the person. So going into the MRI, they're not, which I think a lot of people do go in there with a, um, the mentality that this is going to give them the answers to why they're sure. hurting. Sure. Right. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, no, it did. The, um, I guess my, my, the piece I was thinking about was like, I mean, obviously I don't think that would, regardless of what the MRI found, I don't think your treatment plan would change. You wouldn't say, Oh, there's a slap tear. Now we have to do different exercises. Whatever the case is, it'd be the same thing. Correct. Right. Correct. A so I guess my thing, question is, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to implement this one other thing. My big thing with him too, it was a big psychological move because mm-hmm. he still, he in his mind was like still questioning like, okay, why am I still getting this pain? And can it be my rotator cuff? Can it be these other things? Cause I've done all this other stuff and it's still there. Yeah. So it was like, like a, it was a rule, it was a rule out move, but 
So I mean, it's that's almost more. It's almost more. Again, it's more, almost more for hit for him to see that everything was okay rather than actual. Uh, I mean, of course, you wanted to see structural too, but again, it wasn't really guiding your treatment. It was more just you know just to show him, look, we can still work with this thing and get it to a point where you can function normally. Well, yes, and he's already done a lot. Uh, he's actually taken an active approach to healing already. Mm-hmm. This isn't someone who walked in the door and hasn't tried anything yet. Right. And we said, right. oh, we have all these findings. Let's get an MRI. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more so of like, okay, this guy's done the rehab stuff. He's done the, the traditional cuff work and he's gotten back to activities of daily living. And he's, he's, he's in an empowerment model already. To me, it was no one that he's seen has even had considered the fact that there could be a structural thing going on. Like okay. one doctor said it could be, it could be a labral thing, but that's all he said. Mm-hmm. Does that make gotcha. sense? Yeah. So like yeah. in the, I think in the, um, in the discussion too, I said like, had they already tried formal rehab? Right. Well, that's definitely a big piece of it. If that, it's just Huge. coming in stage one, you know, day one saying, obviously you wouldn't just be like, all right, let's just throw you the MRI machine. Of course. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, this actually bring this actually goes nicely into the next piece. All right, y'all. Episode's over. If you enjoyed it, please follow us on Spotify. Share it with a colleague. It would mean so so much to me and my team. If you have any questions or follow up conversations that you want to nerd out about, please shoot me an email. Ramez at neuropedicspt.com. I answer all my emails. I'm more than willing to nerd out with any of you. Also. Our virtual mentorship is open for enrollment. So if you're interested, please shoot an email to neuropedicspt at gmail.com and we will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you again for listening and have an awesome day. But I want to let you know about our foundation's mentorship program. This is a 12-week program designed for orthopedic and sports physical therapists interested in better understanding how various motor control and neuromuscular rehab models can be integrated into any practice making you a well-rounded therapist while improving outcomes. With the various motor control perspectives available to us today, oftentimes we can be left feeling confused, not knowing who to listen to and which course to take next. We know what it feels like to take a weekend course and feel like you have to choose between one approach or another, but it doesn't have to be that way. What if a certain depth of understanding and various models brought us some clarity, cognitive agility, and creativity into our clinical practice? That's our goal with this 12-week program. We'll dive deep into five of the foundational systems of motor control, like the reflex model and the dynamic systems model. We'll dissect each model's strengths and weaknesses to see how each model may complement one another through synergy. Here's what you'll get through this 12-week program. You'll get home study content, which will consist of PowerPoint audio lectures. You'll get one-on-one mentoring calls for an hour a week where we dissect practical case study examples from your current caseload so you can apply the content to your clients right away. We'll also have plenty of time for Q&A so you can get a deeper understanding of the home study material. Here's what you will not get from this program. We're not offering new techniques or fancy exercises, and we're not promoting new assessment or evaluation strategies. And rather than bashing other systems, we'll be taking a different approach towards motor control, an inside-out approach where we start with our why and our beliefs and values. If you're interested in learning more about this 12-week mentorship program, please email us at neuropedicspt at gmail.com. We're now offering free discovery calls so you can learn more about what we have to offer. And now, without further delay, let's dive into today's episode.